Hey, baddies. <laughs> I've been trying to record this. I don't know what's going on. I'm in a really ridiculous mood today, so we're just going to go on a ridiculous journey together because I, Mercury Retrograde has made me lose it. Usually, it is... Not usually, but I'm just kind of... Uh, you know what? I'm basing this off of the last one, which if you've been here for a while, you know, was just pretty horrific for me. But this one has had such a lightness to it. I don't know. I'm, it's not, I'm not going to be the person who's like, I'm totally thriving during Mercury retrograde. Like, no, but I'm just, I don't know. There's kind of this jovial feeling around me. The energy is really light and everything that could kind of bring me down or, or get at me like it usually does during this period is just kind of coming off silly and ridiculous and not something I have to take so seriously. So yeah, I'm in a crazy mood. Um, so here we go. Welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, <laughs> the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. How are you all doing? Let me know about Mercury for you. You know, we're only two days in and I, I made the, the conscious decision and the public statement that I was going to be cautiously optimistic about this Mercury retrograde because after the last one being so brutal and then... Us just all having a conversation about it, especially in the Facebook group, um, about how to approach it and how to not taint it with our own fears and anxiety about it. Because, you know, even though we can't control the planets and the cosmos and the energy around us all the time, I mean, some of us can very much change the temperature of a room. I know I know that to be true for myself and probably for a lot of you, because that, especially if you're an empath, we can do that. We can be like a, a storm cloud coming in if we want, or a ray of sunshine, depending on the mood. But as much as we can't control everything around us at all times, we can control ourselves. And so it's like, how are we going to approach this period? Are we going to be a frowny face and be so worried about it and wait for something to go wrong? And the more you're feeding that energy in, you know, the more that you're giving life to that. Or are we going to say, you know, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is. And I'm going to roll with the punches and nothing can take me down because you know what? My friend Love, I'm going to use... I don't know if she wants me to use her real name. This is a constant debate. But uh, she posted on my Facebook page, because every time Mercury and Retrograde's coming up, I like to let the non-witches know. I like to be like, hey, it's coming. Good luck. <laughs> you know, like, fingers crossed for everyone. Um, but she posted, so she posted on my main Facebook page. Why am I saying it like I have a Facebook like fan page? What's wrong with me? Uh, I posted on my Facebook feed about Mercury, and she posted a meme that said something along the lines of, like, me sitting back and relaxing, knowing that I'm spiritually fixed in this Mercury and retrograde, and whatever is taken away from me or whatever happens just preparing me for, like, a greater blessing. So I was like, yeah, I butchered that, but it was along those lines. It was that sentiment. So I was like, yeah, I love that. So let's try to keep that in mind, too, during this period. Whatever happens, <laughs> good or bad, whatever may seem like a loss, Whatever may seem like a hurdle being put in your way, whatever may seem like a block or, or a redirection, just know that it's contributing to something greater that we're going to arrive to at some point. And if we can refocus in that way, then maybe it won't be so brutal. Because you know what? I could talk to you next week and be like, hi, welcome to Bad Witch. Uh, things aren't going great. <laughs> but as of now, they've been really good. I mean, not 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 exceptionally good, but they've been good. And so I'm going to try to just keep that atmosphere of good for myself and, you know, project it out to all of you because as we know, we deserve good. And that's what we're going to take for ourselves. 
And as always, you can reach out to me and let me know how your Mercury retrograde has been treating you so far. I got a lot of emails last week and that is the best. It's so exciting to get to talk to you and get to know a little bit more about your witch journey and your story. And when y'all email me, stop saying, sorry, this is so long. It's, I love that it's long. I want to read everything. I want to know so much about you because you get to know so much about me. And as always, this is a conversation and a dialogue and not me just monologuing out, hopefully. <laughs> like, I want you to talk back to me. So, and just in general, you know, like, don't apologize for expressing yourself and don't apologize for especially being a witch. And that's a part of who you are. Whether you've, you know, come to it through a journey of discovery on your own or it's something you were born with. You don't have to apologize for sharing any of that stuff. I love reading about it. I encourage you all to do an introduction in the Facebook group if you have decided to join because it just kind of makes us a better coven and we know who has the resources for what thing we may need help with. I certainly, you know, need help with different things all the time. Uh, astrology being a big one. <laughs> um, you know, anything a green witch can offer because Lord knows I don't even like going outside, which I mention all the time. I should probably do that today. I should probably go outside and like touch the ground or something. I don't know. We'll get to homework later because I definitely forgot to give you all homework last week, which I feel so bad when I like the two or three times I've forgotten to do it. But it's because I talked for damn near two hours. And by the time I got to the end of that and just trying to say Lunasa, Lucina a hundred times, it, it had just drained your girl out. But we will have homework this week. Um... It might be something a little ridiculous because that's the theme of this week's podcast. But speaking of, one thing I have noticed with this Mercury in retrograde is that it has been very, what's the right word? I've been having a flood of memories. I, there, there's one word for it. Oh, I can't think what it is. There, it's making me reminisce a lot. Is there a reminiscent? Is that a word? Let me know in the Facebook group. I certainly don't know if I'm saying that right. Did I ever tell y'all I have a degree in English? Like I went, I went to university for English. That's what my, I almost said master's. I don't have that. That's what my bachelor's degree is. And you would never know from listening to this podcast. Anyway, it's making me reminisce a lot. And it's interesting to me because I'm not someone that has a good memory at all. Part of it is because um, of the really bad car accident I was in three, four years ago now, four years ago um, that I've talked about before. Hit my head very hard. And, you know, when that happens, it messes with your cognition a little bit. Uh, Short-term memory, long-term memory, kind of all that in one ball. But overall, too, I just don't – I just don't have a great memory unless it's for, like, slights. (laughs) Like if it's personal slights or holding a grudge against someone, trust me, this is all going to tie into today's topic we're going to get to in just a little bit. I can remember that forever. Oh, I can give you time, date, location, what I was wearing, what you were wearing, what I had for lunch that day. I, I can remember that stuff so well, but I can't tell you how many times people have approached me and then like, oh, we went to this, you know, ballet school together or we were in high school together or just even one of my friends being like, don't you remember when this thing happened? I'm like, I have no, I have no clue what you're talking about. That wasn't me. That doesn't sound like me. I don't think, I don't think that happened. And so it's been really interesting to me. It's almost, it's almost been like someone's put a key into a door and unlocked it and opened it up. And all of these things have kind of started to flood back to me. And I'm curious if you all have been having that same reaction during this period. And maybe one of you astro witches out there can let me know if 
if that is symptomatic of this particular Mercury and retrograde phase we're in. I don't know. I'm trying to think if maybe it had something to do with where Mercury is in my sign and being a Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio. But anyway, I am very curious if you've been experiencing the same during this period. It's and so there's a couple of things that I wanted to share because I've just been having these flood of memories all of a sudden out of nowhere. Mostly good. A few cringeworthy. There was one. <laughs> so embarrassing. I won't even say the whole thing because it will mortify me and I'll have to lay on the ground and stop recording. But there was one where there was two actually where in retrospect, I realized that I was on a date with someone, but I didn't realize in the time that it was a date. <laughs> I just thought we were hanging out. <laughs> and with both people, it's like people I was really into at the time and I just thought nothing was happening. Um, so we'll see on January 21st when I do my St. Agnes Day ritual and I put my garlic under my pillow. If it turns out it was that person, I just messed it up. <laughs> which I probably did, but that's okay. There's more fish in the sea. Anyway, so the two, well, one is a memory that I want to share. And one is something that I remembered that I want to share. It'll make sense in a second. So people always reach out to me for recommendations about New Orleans because, you know, of course, and this person reached out to me recently and asked specifically for witchy, occulty things to do in New Orleans, which made this memory just resurface in my brain that when I was 13, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in that like precipice between middle school and high school, my birthday party that year, <laughs> such a weird kid, was witch themed, kind of. Like not that we all dressed up in black and had like pointy hats and orange and black cupcakes or whatever, which sounds like a pretty good party to me. But it was that I got to, I got to go with two friends or bring two friends and we went to the New Orleans Voodoo Museum and one other place, and I, I kind of stopped and looked up the New Orleans Voodoo, <laughs> New Orleans Voodoo Museum, which does still exist. So if you're in New Orleans, I'm actually going to give you the address. Or if you're planning a trip to New Orleans, or you're going to because of this, it is 724 Dumain Street, um, which is kind of close to Jackson Square. It's the square with the big cathedral in it that's really famous uh, in the quarter. So if you're going to the quarter, which everyone does, you'll be able to find it. So we went there and we went to this other witchy shop. I don't know how at 13, 14 I found them. I guess I Googled witch New Orleans. I, was there even Google when I was 14? <laughs> That's a bit of a while ago. So I'm not even sure how I found them, but... That's what I wanted to do for my birthday. And this does tie into our beloved, man, I didn't even been 11 or 12 if it was like craft time. This ties into our beloved movie, The Craft, <laughs> which really jumpstarted a lot for me. And so that was my birthday party. And we went to the Voodoo Museum and we went one other place. And I, I'm going to try to track it down so I can like send it out to you all if anyone's interested in going if you're in New Orleans or want to go to New Orleans or planning to go to New Orleans. It's a lot more than just Mardi Gras. Trust me. I, in fact, just just skip Mardi Gras. It's a hot ass mess. <laughs> but anyway, the two things I can really remember about them was, and I don't remember if this was in the Voodoo Museum or not, but you kind of go into this back area. I'm going to seriously call them after this and be like, hey, I had a recover memory. Can you just let me know if this is true? <laughs> They're going to be like, ma'am, please, please don't call this number again. But you go kind of in the back and it's dark back there. And you know, things are kind of paved, not paved, 
bathed, there we go, in a red light. And my two friends and I were walking through and it was, you know, we're teenage girls. So we're just holding on to each other and like giggling and shrieking at everything. <laughs> not, not having quite the reverence we should probably have. Right. And at one point there's a Lugaru, which is, um, like a Cajun Creole folklore werewolf. Lou, uh, L L O U P is French for wolf. So the Lugaru is like this werewolf that lives in the bayous and, just gobbles people up if they step off the path. That's also, if you, gosh, I hope I'm not conflating memories, but if you go to the New Orleans zoo, there is like a big Lugaroo statue and they tell you kind of the, the urban legend behind it or a real legend. A lot of people actually think the Lugaroo exists. And since I've already confirmed that I believe in aliens and ghosts and all kinds of things and dolphins, I mean, dolphins, <laughs> dolphins, dolphins are clearly real. I was trying to say mermaids. I believe in mermaids. So, of course, I believe in this werewolf that, you know, eats people that stuff a foot into the bayou. Anyway, so I just remember somewhere there was this big Lugaroo statue and it was bathed in red light and we were so scared of it. We just took off running past it and like ran back out of the museum or like that part of it or wherever that was in New Orleans. And my parents were like, that's it. You made us come all the way down here just for that. But it was really cool. You know, it just goes back to all of those witch kid experiences we have, whether it's that you used to collect uh, fireflies and wanted to kind of do spells with them and capture their light, or you were making potions in the backyard with sticks and acorns and uh, pecans and leaves and spring water, whatever you had, or you would just even come up with your own little spells that you would say outside or whatever you were like prone to collecting. We all had amethyst. We all have tiger's eye. Those are the two things I know for sure about witch kids, but it's another part of that journey. And so... I wanted to share that memory because I'm curious if you had anything like that as well. You know, we, the more we all kind of talk about this, we all get to know each other as a coven. We all are discovering that we do have a lot more shared experiences that maybe at some point in our life made us feel really isolated. You know, I can't say that a lot of people in my personal life are witches. <laughs> it's just, it's just not it. My friends are lovely. They listen to the podcast. They dig it. They're into certain parts of it. They support me. I love them to death, but I can't say that they're going to, um, you know, cast a full spell by themselves and come like twerk around the cauldron with me. It's just probably not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, when I was 13, 14, that was, that's another part of my witch kid evolution, which is funny too, because I just in doing the podcast and talking to all of you, I thought I had cut it off by that point, but turns out I hadn't. I was still fully embracing it. So that cutoff period where I got really kind of scared of it must have come a little later. But yeah, and shout out to my parents for when I was like, oh, I want to go to the voodoo museum and do witch things. Uh, shout out that they weren't like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. And also you're going to start going to Catholic school. What's wrong with you? They were supported. They took us. And I remember we each bought... You know, it's the thing when you have a birthday party too, like your parents will buy things for your friends. You do like that kind of like a little outing. And so we each bought a handful of crystals and like, I don't know, cinnamon sticks or something, <laughs> like whatever was around. <laughs> but it was a really great time. And I'm, I'm really glad that memory kind of came back to me. I'm already planning the next time I'm in New Orleans, I'm going to go back because one, I want to see what of my memories correct. <laughs> Two, I want to add it to our potential uh, witch trip places that we're going to take together. And three, I need brick dust. And there probably is no better place to buy, um, to acquire 
I guess, well, yeah, you pay for it, you buy for it, but to acquire bricks, that's then in New Orleans. I may even do, New Orleans is such a popular place and people are always asking for recommendations. I may even do like a full kind of witch travel guide to New Orleans and or all the kind of like witch lore out of New Orleans because that might be kind of interesting and fun. I don't know. Let me know if y'all be interested in that and I will do it because we can talk about, I mean, listen, American Horror Story Coven is in New Orleans for a reason. <laughs> so we can definitely talk about it. Um, and we can talk about the LaLaurie house and it's definitely still standing every time I go to New Orleans, um, and have been to New Orleans. And I knew about the LaLaurie story, you know, before Coven, because when you're a witch kid, witch person, you just learn that stuff. It's interesting to you, um, or horrifying in that case, but I always pass it. And we could definitely do a whole episode on Marie Laveau herself, even though she, uh, is a, is a, was a Spirit continues to be a New Orleans lady. She is really important in the history of witchery. And that's, that's something I've kind of been considering doing as well. So yeah, throw me, throw me some yeses or nos if you'd be interested in that. Because I'm interested in it. I think it would, it's good to know where we come from. It's good to know who are really important key figures in um, this whole witch world. And hopefully we can learn from them and listen to their voices and learn from their mistakes as well. But yeah, so that was my first memory <laughs> about how if you're a witch, you're always a witch and you don't even remember all the witching you've done, but it's hilarious when it comes back to you. Okay, so something that I remembered, so not a memory, but something that I remembered. I was looking at a picture of Sebastian Stan. Some of you may know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and in a non-creepy way, I was just looking at like a Marvel photo call or behind the scenes or something. I don't know what I was doing. I can't remember what I was doing, but this is the memory that hit me. And all of a sudden, just looking at him, I remembered one of my favorite movies of all time. It's The Covenant. The Beloved Covenant. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while. Your girl definitely owns it on DVD, though. I'm going to try to watch it today after I'm done recording. But that I can't believe we've gone 25 full episodes and we have not talked about The Covenant yet. It is... The modern iteration, iterate, iteration, yeah, let's go with it, of the craft. And it's also the boys' version. And not to be like, it has to be like boys and girls or whatever, but I mean, we have the four girls making the four corners in the craft, and we have the four boys that are the sons of Ipswich, it's going to be a hard word for me, in The Covenant. And it was like our modern version. I mean, I, I'm a little young for The Craft. I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast were born after The Craft, so it's not like... It's not like you grew up with it. It's not like that is the first thing that jumps to your mind, right? When you're thinking about this ongoing conversation, I kind of keep in my mind about witches in the media and how we're portrayed anyway. And looking at that versus just the stereotypes and the history of which I'm, I'm in a really historical mind frame. I, I'm guessing because Mercury is stirring up so many memories for me and just putting me in a consciousness of kind of going in the past and looking at things. So yeah, I think we will have to do a, a witchy history lesson sooner than later. But I digress. Back to the covenant. So yeah, some of you are younger than that. It just didn't impact you in the way that it impacted me because it's a cultural thing. And I definitely found it, you know, much later after it came out because I was four or five. <laughs> I know I was a witch kid, but could you imagine if I was like fully watching the craft at five years old? <laughs> I'd be even more cuckoo than I am now. 
So for me being, I think I was in late high school, early college when it came out, I could fully identify with it and fully be into it and fully understand that my attraction to it wasn't that it was awakening something in me, but it was something that I already was and I could align myself with, even though it was a predominantly male cast and the witches and or warlocks, uh, male witches, let me know what you prefer. I use witch as an inclusive term, but if you prefer warlock, I will definitely use that instead. Anyway. So yeah, a cast of four warlocks, uh, male witches, witches, if you will, that I could identify with, even though they didn't look like me. Like I've talked about before in watching the craft, I, I think I grabbed onto it so hard, not just because it what it's what I am, but it's who I am. I could look at Rachel True and be like, oh, me, she's me, I'm her, like I'm included in this. You know, we have a lot of talk about representation and it, it does help so much when you can see yourself in that thing. And I don't want to go on a whole thing about the Little Mermaid, but I will just say this. <laughs> Here we go. I always say I'm not going to do something and I'm, that's your warning that I'm about to do it. There are so few chances for little black girls, little girls of color to see themselves in that way, to see themselves as kind of these beautiful mythological creatures and to see themselves as princesses. It's something that just has not happened. And I think we can all know why it's not something that we need to, you know, go into a whole deep dive discussion about, but a little diversity and a little representation never killed anyone. In fact, it has strengthened a lot of people. So let's all be cool about it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are rallying and saying, but she was the redhead representation. Okay. <sighs> well, then you already got it. That's the thing. If you saw Ariel as a child and you thought she's a redhead like me and I'm beautiful because she's beautiful, wonderful. Then you, that you understand what that moment's like. So let's give that opportunity to people that literally never have it. Never. Or if not, never rarely. And instead of taking away this moment from this young actress and taking away this moment from the legions of black women or women of color who might be my age and saying, you know, I wish I would have had this when I was a kid. Do you know when the princess and the frog came out? I was a grown woman, <laughs> you know, or even little girls. Let's not take away this moment and cover in all this nastiness of, but, but, but no, like, let's just be cool about it. Okay. And let's not forget that to us witches, one of our most important deities, one of our most important mother figures is Yamanya, who is an African goddess who is represented as a mermaid. So if you ask me, this Disney casting is bang on. We have a black mermaid and that should all speak to us as witches spiritually because Yamanya is one that we should absolutely have reverence for. She is a mother to all of us. She is a mother of the waters, which out, without which we wouldn't have life. She deals with fertility. She deals with opportunity, with just just unlimited, 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 I'm getting two words up, unlimited blessings and also the cycles of life and always reminding us that we have more opportunities available to us, but we just have to follow the pattern and to not give up on it. Like it's such a, she's such a beautiful goddess. She's one I work with all the time. We'll definitely talk about her more in um, other episodes and in the Facebook group. Actually, someone posted her in the Facebook group, which is what kind of, you know, put this in my mind to talk about this this week. But yeah, let's be cool about it because representation is super important. So, okay. That's my tangent about the Little Mermaid, but also look more into the goddess Yamanya. 
if you're not familiar with her yet, because uh, she's everything. So back to the covenant just for a second. <laughs> but you know, that representation matters as well, because we have so many men that I feel like can't come out of the broom closet because being a woman is being a woman, being a witch is so associated with femininity and being a woman. And that's all you ever kind of see with it. And I feel like maybe they don't feel as accepted or they feel like it's something that pulls maybe their masculinity into question, which we can have a whole debate about masculinity, but we don't have time for two, three, four, five debates in this episode. Um, but I think I thought it was really great that we did have this movie that was kind of for the dudes, you know, and they could know that they were a part of this too, because for me seeing Rachel True again was so important. And I could still identify with this movie, even if it wasn't, you know, particularly my gender, you know, who cares? It's still there. But I highly recommend a watch. In fact, <laughs> I might make it your homework this week, just because y'all have been doing a really amazing job with the homework and you know everything we're learning in each episode and we're just going bang 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 every week there's like this huge kind of thing we're tackling and maybe it would be fun to just kind of chill for a week and take in some witch media but using everything that you know about being a witch and that you've learned about being a witch so far or you know either even outside things that we haven't even covered yet and you know look how it is applied and look at what is is factual about it and look at what is just kind of a creation of Hollywood. <laughs> because as far as I can remember in the movie, they're the sons of Ipswich and they kind of come into their powers from 13 to 18 and they ascend on their 18th birthday. But then the more they use their powers, they get addicted to it and then it ages them and they die really young or something. I don't know. It was crazy. All I know is it was about witches. I was into it. It had four really hot guys. I was into it. Um, no, five really hot guys, because Sebastian Stan was the fifth one. Um, and they use really cool fun puns, like, who's my witch now, or something like that. So your homework this week is to track down and watch The Covenant. I think worse comes to worse, you can watch it on um, YouTube, and one of those, I mean, I'm not saying you should pirate things, but <laughs> or watch, like, illegal uploads, but you can watch it in those things where they put it in, like, the corner, and it has you know, usually subtitles on it or whatever. I think you can do that. So let's all watch The Covenant. Let's have a little Bad Witch um, movie club for the week. And let's kind of talk about what we saw in it that really is a part of our practice and our craft and what in it was just kind of fantasy and ridiculous. And overall, let's just give our brains a rest for a week <laughs> because we're also going to be talking about hexes this week. So I don't want your homework to be go out and hex somebody. So yeah, I thought it'd be fun to just watch The Covenant have a good popcorn moment with it and then kind of just talk about it. You know, I do, I would love to do a witch book club at some point. Um, but let's do a witch movie club this time and the covenant. I'm going to watch it as soon as I'm done, as soon as I can figure out how to watch a DVD <laughs> or I'll watch it on YouTube as some bootleg channel and we can talk about it from there. <laughs> but yeah, so in going back to Mercury and retrograde, my whole thing has been that I've just been flooded with memories every time it's one of those things almost where you touch something and you'll have a vision of it so I'm not that kind of witch but I'm having that connection mentally so I'll just see something and it will throw me back in time and that's the thing too it's not even that I'm necessarily having the memory or remembering things it almost feels like I'm being transported a little bit so yeah let me know if you're experiencing the same thing with mercury and retrograde this time or just tell me how it's treating you if it's been a total bitch to you 
Uh, let me know. We can commiserate. I can still talk about the last time it was horrible to me. We have three more weeks. Who knows how it's going to go, but as of now, we're doing pretty okay. All right, so I feel like we've already had a full episode, but we're only 30 minutes in, and that's nothing for this podcast. <laughs> but we, of course, have to do our Patreon shout-outs to my beloved baddies that give just a little bit each month. And so I want to say an extra special thank you to Amanda, Sola, Carla, Aaron, Elizabeth, Brettel, <laughs> sorry, had to use your nickname, Sasha, Lena, Stephanie, Heidi, Nalling, Alicia, Lindsay, Celine, Aurora, and Maya. Thank you so, 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 so much. You know that you are just the cherry on top of all of this amazing stuff that we have going on with each other. And I think it's time, y'all. I... I'm a little intimidated to talk about this. And um, part of the reason I wanted to just kind of talk about more light and fun stuff in the first part of the episode is because I knew I wanted to talk about hexing this week. And not that we're going to get like dirty and dark with it, but it's a heavier, heavier side of this whole witchcraft game. So let's talk about it. Um, Let's do this first. <laughs> Disclaimer, right? We know... As witches, we are incredibly powerful manifestors, and that is a two-sided sword. So, double-edged sword. Two-sided sword. Double-edged. So, at once, it means that we are very good at creating powerful and potent manifestations for ourselves that serve a good. But on the other token is that we can do it to a negative and dark end with kind of the same power and potency, and sometimes even more because, oh, negativity just breeds so quickly and so much faster than positivity does. And it's because it's fed by like these undercurrents of fear and anxiety that are kind of stoked at all times, not necessarily just for us, but just an undercurrent for like humanity in general. It's something that just kind of runs through all of us to a certain extent. So I can say for myself at times I've worked on it. I am working on it. I am a witch in progress, <laughs> but I can be really petty and I can be very much about holding on to things. I am not one to necessarily let things go. <laughs> I know that's not good. And I don't mean like I, I mentioned this earlier and I've kind of been alluding to this throughout the first part of the episode, but I don't mean people. I'm really good at letting people go. In fact, I'm too good at it. And that's something else I'm working on to not just sever bonds, you know, when at the first sight of an issue while still maintaining boundaries, which is also important, but I just love a grudge. I will just hold on to a grudge for so long, which I think might be kind of surprising because I talk so much about how wallowing is a poison and that you have to remove it, you know, and let it go because it just sickens you and it doesn't necessarily sicken the other person. But, oh, I just love a grudge. <laughs> it's terrible. And um, so it's something that I am personally working on, especially not just as a human being. These are things that we should not allow in, but especially as a witch, because it does kind of color and seep into a lot of things that we're doing. And when I'm talking about the manifestation part of it, and we have to be so careful about what we think, say, and spell and write because, you know, spelling is a spell. A big thing that I, I do that I am consciously trying to break myself the habit of, but it's kind of like my sassy teenager response I kick back to. And again, an indication that I grew up in the 90s. Whenever I'm really irritated with a person in particular, I'll be like, ugh, drop dead, which is horrible, horrible. And as soon as I say it, I think I'm like, no, 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 walk it back, walk it back. I did not mean that. Reverse it. I put no intention into that. I put no magic into that. I mean no harm by that. 
but that's what I mean. We'll have moments when we'll say, oh, just, just drop dead. You're getting on my nerves. I mean, maybe I'm the only person that says that because I'm chronically locked in the 90s. But, you know, you might say, I never want to see that person again. You might say, uh, I, just, I just want you to leave me alone. And you may mean in that moment, let's say in a, a significant uh, romantic relationship, you may mean in that moment, I just need you to give me some space to breathe. But because we have so much power and magic behind us as witches, what the spell that you're creating is, I want to never see you again. I want you removed from my life. And so I know that we can all really take a, a few minutes and think about that and think about, I said this and this is what I got. Sometimes you really get exactly what you ask for and dealing in the realm of of dark magic, of black magic, uh, you can get a lot of doses of that. And that that's exactly what happens. It's like, um, you know, those old stories, like kind of tales of the story of the genie and how you would ask for a certain thing, but you would always get not the worst version of what you asked for, but kind of the rotten version of what you asked for. Like you're thinking you're getting all your wishes granted, but it actually has a like moralistic lesson that you can't just be greedy and ask for things and get things that you don't deserve. So that's kind of what can happen that you can definitely get too much of a good thing. Or if you're saying, Oh, my partner doesn't pay any attention to me, or I really like this one person and this guy, for example, and he doesn't pay any attention to me and you're manifesting. And this isn't just to say for, you know, black magic, but you're manifesting, I just want this person to pay attention to me. And she's like, all I want is all I want is all I want. This happens in the craft. Hi, this is what happens with Sarah and, oh, what's his name? Skeet Ulrich in real life. I cannot think of his name in the movie. But he literally goes from, like, ignoring her to following her around like a puppy to trying to sexually assault her because he gets so obsessed with her. And that's kind of what I mean is that we can put it out into the universe of, oh, I really want this guy to like me. And because we have so much backing it, again, it can turn into too much of a good thing where he, you know, takes it too far and he won't leave you alone. And then it's not, and you get to know that person. You're like, oh, I'm not even that interested in you. What have I done to myself? So disclaimer, let's just say that we always know the power of our words, the power of our, thought, our thoughts, the power of what we write down, the power of what we're manifesting. Important to think about when we're going to be talking about hexes and curses and jinxes jinx and jinx okay <laughs> because you really can be creating this darker magic without meaning to it's you know we talk about so much you don't have to practice magic in a certain way for it to be potent and for it to happen and so if you are having a habit like I do where I'll say like oh drop dead or if I'll be like get away from me I never want to talk to you anything like that just kind of these expressions of asp expressions of expert expressions of uh, what the hell am I trying to say aspirations exasperation <laughs> you have these expressions of exasperation there we go it would have been so smooth if I would have said it like that the first time <laughs> but you know what it's okay I didn't give up and that's what's important but yeah you you'll just throw these things out there and and I'm saying all this to say maybe you're not even meaning to create a curse or a jinx or a hex but you accidentally did because it just, it just takes the right phrase. It takes the right intention and it takes the right power and that, and it's there. So if you do have a tendency to throw those kind of things out there, um, you know, walk it back, remove the power from it the best you can and, uh, try to put some light in its place. 
It's just, we're not, listen, we're bad witches. We're certainly not perfect now, nor will we ever be. No one is perfect. No witch is perfect. Um, so, you know, you're going to slip up and you're going to accidentally curse someone. And <sighs> I know it sounds so heavy to say you're going to accidentally curse someone, but you really can't accidentally put a bad juju or a bad intention on someone and just, you know, try to walk it back. On the other side of that, I always encourage people, and this is something I'm really putting in practice for myself. I always really try to encourage people, not with just witches, all people that, you know, are, I have a relationship with to not broadcast things because just as we can put a negative intention or a little bit of a, a bad feeling, a nastiness on someone else, it's not when I say you're cursing someone, I mean, you're not putting a strict curse on someone. You're not putting a strict hex or a strict jinx on someone. Though you have to, you have to go through the motions of doing that, but you can definitely put negativity or bad intentions or bad feeling on someone. So I always say, you know, try to really keep things to yourself, especially if they're important because you never know what energy someone else is sending out to you. Uh, like for example, when I started this podcast, I, I was so hesitant to show it to other people because I, and I only showed it to, I don't know, three or four people that I knew I could absolutely wholeheartedly trust with it because I just didn't want anyone to get wind of it that, and that unbeknownst to me does not have my best intentions and their intentions. Someone that I think maybe a friend or actually a foe. I mean, we've all had some snakes in the grass around us, I'm sure. I <laughs> I can think of some on the top of my head. <laughs> Remember that one, that thing when I said about holding grudges? <laughs> but yeah, it's as much as we can throw that out to someone, we can have it thrown on us as well. So I always like to just remind people, if something is truly important to you, you need to keep it to yourself until it's past the point where it's developing and it's developed. And that, you know, it can't be taken away from you in some form. Um, you know, new relationships. You never know when someone's throwing some kind of nastiness on that. Job opportunities you might be excited about. New projects you're pursuing. Uh, even being on a journey of self-care and, and making over yourself in some way that's really important to you. I think it's always better to err on the side of caution and hold your projects and the things that you're working on that fulfill you and your truth to yourself to some extent, unless you know wholeheartedly you can trust that person because you just never know who's trying to throw some kind of little curse or jinx or something on you that may not be like in the most full form sense, but it's just some nastiness coming your way. Um, you know, you don't have to just post everything on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter just because it's something that you're excited about. I, yeah, I would be really careful with that stuff. So it's a, it's a two-way street, double-edged sword. Just as we can do it, we can have it done to us. So that's another thing to just keep in mind. You know, in fact, being in this Mercury retrograde, I am not totally convinced that what I went through in the last one was all Mercury coming for your girl. I think that someone put some kind of jinx or something on me because the way that things went wrong went so wrong. <laughs> like, you know, there is a thing too with like when you put stuff as a, as a witch, but also as an individual out into the universe and you're too almost boastful about it. And I, I hope that, you know, the way I was presenting didn't come off as boastful, but just excited. But if you are too boastful about it, or if it's something that you just want too bad, the universe has a way of kind of meddling with it to teach us a lesson of sorts. But the way things went, during the last Mercury, and particularly because it was like my 
birthday and it was a place I wanted to go my whole life, I'm not wholly convinced that it wasn't someone putting some energy on me, at least one person, because it felt, it didn't even just feel like things were going wrong. It felt sinister. So yeah, I actually, since that happened, you know, trying to practice what I preach, have become much more careful about what I share, um, even just in my career. I mean, it's part of my career to travel and like, you know, work with hotels with Instagram stuff, but I am much more private and kind of play it close to the vest about where I'm going to be going next and what I'm kind of working on because it's, it felt jinxy. It felt a little, not malevolent, but it felt a little bit like a direct hit. Like someone was sending something to me and it landed exactly where they wanted to. You know what I mean? I'm sure, I'm sure you've felt that before. If you have, uh, let your girl know. Because especially being magical beings and the kind of people that we attract, it can, uh, it can take a dark turn at times. And, and we can only protect ourselves so much. And sometimes we're not aware that we're being targeted until we've been targeted. But we're going to talk about that with the crystal of the week uh, in a little bit. I didn't forget. <laughs> but we're going to talk about that and kind of what we can hold in place to protect us. But anyway, I wanted to do just a little definition of a jinx, a hex, and a curse so we know exactly what we're dealing with when we're dealing with them. So jinxes are little incantations, I love that word, pushed forward by intention that are meant to bring back luck. Hmm. <laughs> Usually their effect happens only once, one and done. And they're generally not as harmful as hexes and curses. So if you're going to get something put on you, hope it's a jinx. No, hope hope none of them. But the jinx is less severe. Once jinxes are cast, they do their thing, then it's over. They work by instilling the idea of whatever it is into the subconscious, the subconscious of that person, making it a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts. People jinx all the time without realizing it as well. We can absolutely jinx ourselves and we can absolutely be jinxed by other people, even if it's not their intention. It can come from jealousy. It can come from um, envy. It can come from anger. These things have power, the power of emotions behind them, and they absolutely happen. Now, you've heard of knocking on wood, right? Knock on wood, you can dispel a jinx. You can dispel any kind of kooky, odd-feeling coincidence. Tapping on wood purposefully can dispel a jinx because the energy of the wood neutralizes the energy of the jinx. So... I know people will say, oh, silly superstition, superstitions, right? I will knock on wood if something bad is said or if I have, uh, you know, like double spoken about something. I will throw the salt over my shoulder. I don't open an umbrella indoors. Life is crazy and hard enough. We don't need to add anything just in case. Okay, so hexes. Hexes are a bit stronger than jinxes. So we're working our way down, up power-wise, but down things we want to encounter-wise. Um, they work by attaching an energy signature to the victim. It attracts to the person it to the it attracts to the person the intent of the spell. There we go. It's wise to state the end result while casting the hex. Let the magic in itself work out how it would get to these results. Hexes are short-lived, only lasting until the intent has been relieved. As it after it does, the signature dispels into nothing. So uh, we're hoping none of that comes our way, right? Finally, curse. Curses are the strongest of the three and work a lot like hexes with the energy signatures. The main thing that differentiates curses from jinxes and hexes is that they can be short-lived or last a long time. So you've heard about curses that will last generations, that, you know, someone, the grandfather or the great-grandfather of a family will be cursed and it will follow down through that lineage and still be affecting those kids today. Actually, I think when I was, okay, I'm having another memory, just 
swarm back at me live. When I was a kid, my dad's from Florida, and his family has had some bizarre occurrences in it. And I'm, I just, <laughs> just remember this. When I was a little kid, the first time I ever went to Florida with my parents to kind of meet his side of the family, um, one of the neighbors, I think, told me that I was cursed because so many bad instances has happened in the family. And we had had, a, there were specifically a lot of drownings, which I'm a total fish, not just my astrological sign, but I mean, I'm a fish. I take to water like nothing. I have no fear of it. I can swim my ass off. But um, I remembered her telling me I was cursed and that I had to always be really careful because the curse was in our family and it had come down to me. <laughs> Who tells a five-year-old that? Okay, memory's coming in hot. Anyway, let's let's move on. Um, let me just say, I am not cursed. I I have a very, uh, I mean, you know, everything could be better, but I have a very blessed, wonderful life. So if someone tells you that you're cursed, you can take it with a grain of salt and take that salt and throw it over your shoulder because they may not know what they're talking about. Okay, some curses are designed to bring a person general bad luck and some or something akin to that for a specific amount of time. Others affect a person's bloodline. That's what we just talked about. Family curses. One of the most famous examples that people believe is a cursed family would be our very own Kennedys in America, kind of like our, our own version of American dynasty. Um, there has been so much tragedy that has plagued that family. You know, we have JFK uh, being assassinated. We have his brother uh, Bobby being assassinated. We have JFK Jr. dying in the plane crash. We have um, one of the sisters had to be institutionalized because of a botched lobotomy. Although I don't think that's part of a curse. I just think that they weren't giving her the right care that she needed at the time. But that is another tragedy that this sister who was like so vibrant and lovely and did have some developmental delays and did have um, sometimes some mental illness that she was stricken with this procedure and then spent the rest of her life in a vegetative state. Like this life was essentially snuffed out. You know, we've had... Um, Saganok, oh no, that's not the word. Where, where I think it was Teddy Kennedy drove the car into the river and the girl died in, in around Nantucket where the family, I might be getting all of those words wrong. Saganocky River, they made a movie about it not that long ago. But all that to say, uh, the family, oh, and then another brother, another of the sons, so JFK's brother, died in a plane crash as well, I believe. So we're looking at this family who is, so revered at the time that they were really prominent and still to, now to some extent, like the, the members that still remain also, yeah, another one of the sisters, I think committed suicide um, not that long ago. It's just been a lot. So you're looking at them and you're, you see this family that really is this American dynasty and they're so revered and you think they have everything and it's, it's perfect. And you would want to have the life they have, but it comes at a cost. And they are a really, really famous example of when you think about families that are cursed, like prominent families that are cursed, the Kennedys come up a lot. In fact, I think there has to be a series called The Kennedy Curse because it's that's running into my head now too, a book series or a mini series on TV maybe. But yeah, the Kennedys are a really, really famous example. So it's not just... <laughs> not just my family whoever told a five-year-old child that and by the way again not cursed but it's it's definitely a thing uh you and you also hear these folkloric stories of and this isn't you know 
necessarily rooted in an actual event that happened. It's more kind of to vilify witches to an extent. But you'll hear these old folklore stories that an old crone showed up at the door and uh, she asked the family for shelter for the night and they refused to give it to her. And so she's she cursed the family and all, all of the men in the family to come die young or something. Like, it's kind of folklore, but then when you look at a family like the Kennedys, you kind of do see it in this real world sense and it makes you think, is is there a family curse? Like has something happened along the way that we just don't know about uh, in the sense of like the public being aware of it. So yeah, familial curses that travel down bloodlines are a real thing. Curses are also something that depending on the intent of them and how they're cast that can follow through not just generations, but through lifetimes. So this isn't saying that it's like running down the course of a family, but that it's following you through every, uh, new reincarnation that you go through. So um, for me, this wasn't a curse that I had. I think I talked about this before, but in one of my lifetimes, I was a nun. I know, <laughs> I know. Um, but in that lifetime, I had taken vows that were so stringent and so severe that those vows were attached to me going forward. Um, up until this lifetime where I did the work to cut through them, to sever my cords to them and um, to finally release them. So it's not it wasn't a curse. It wasn't something that was put upon me. It wasn't something that was a negative intention. I made it of my own volition and free will. And it was a commitment that I made. The thing is the commitment was so strong that it was following me anyway. And a curse can be so strong that it can continue to follow you every time, you know, you come back again. So something to be aware of for sure. So here are some warning signs that you uh, may have unfortunately been cursed. Feeling of dread that seems to get worse as time goes on. Nausea, other illnesses that come and go. Anxiety or a feeling of fear that comes from nowhere. I would also add to that um, a feeling of hopelessness is a really key sign that maybe someone is doing some kind of witch attack or some kind of psychic attack on you. It You just... I haven't been cursed, I would say. Um, I have been on the receiving end of some jinxes, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like I said, with the trip uh, in March, uh, I would not say any hexes to that extent, but jinxes for sure, bad intentions and activity for sure. And when something is allowed in in that way, and it, it kind of takes up residence and it dwells, the, the feeling that I've felt with it is hopelessness. And hopelessness is like the most delicious thing to any kind of negative energy, because once you lose hope, you kind of lose everything. Okay, so I know we're getting really heavy, but it is important to acknowledge, I don't want to say, okay, so again, I have an issue with saying black magic. I think that black is beautiful. I think it is protective. I think it's transformative. I think it's healing. And to put all of this negative stuff under the mantle of black magic, I just feel like, I mean, why I got to be black? <laughs> like, why do we have to use that word in that connotation? And I think that is, that comes from a hateful place and not like, necessarily the hate that we consider behind that kind of magic but I think using black and that kind of can that that kind of connotation derives from a place of hate and racism to be perfectly honest but I still think it's important to acknowledge that sector of magic because there's absolutely people that practice it there are absolutely people that consider themselves to be practitioners of the quote-unquote dark arts that that you know have that if not being a part of that their wheelhouse that's kind of the witch that they consider themselves to be 
And also we have to acknowledge it because it's duality. We have good and we have bad. We have, we have balance to everything, whether it be the universe, it be nature, it be within ourselves, you know, at least a duality. It's all these multifaceted things. So that brings me to kind of wanting to have a discussion about the saying, a witch that cannot hex cannot heal. So when we're talking about that, we don't mean heal as in make things better. We mean heal and doing any kind of quote unquote benevolent magic versus quote unquote hexing, which is baneful magic, magic that is a threat to someone that harms someone, etc. which <laughs> we also have to look at. And again, not a Wiccan podcast. This is not a Wiccan religion podcast. This is, you know, witchery according to Mickey sort of, and then whatever I learned from y'all as well. But um, there is the creed of, you know, do no harm. Or if you want it in its full form, it's, and it harm none, do what ye will. There's an article I'm actually going to put in the episode notes for this week that I believe Lena shared in the Facebook group a little bit ago that kind of stoked my interest in this whole thing um, that I will share so you can really deep dive it yourself because this is just going to be me trying to flush out kind of the, the schools of thought behind it. But let's, let's try to make this as simple as possible. So we have this thing of a witch that cannot hex cannot heal versus do no harm. The issue with that is I may do something that I believe is healing to me. But if what I'm doing is say what I consider a protection spell and I want someone to stay away from me, I am then affecting their free will. I am then perhaps hexing them in a turn by doing a spell that is positive for me. Um, you, you understand what I'm saying? So there is a duality to it. You can't flatly say, I am only doing good magic or I am only doing bad magic. I don't know why I put all those dramatic voices. <laughs> but yeah, you can't just say, oh, I, only pause, I only do good magic. I'm such a light worker. I just only help people because I might say, okay, well, I'm doing a protection spell for myself or for this person, but am I in turn hexing the person that is targeted against? You understand? So what a spell might mean to one person, it will not mean to the person that is on the receiving end of it necessarily. Another example is if I want, what if I want to actively put a hex on someone, want to put a curse on someone that I consider to be a negative, vile person, and I think it will serve the greater good, then I'm still participating in the hexing. You know, I am still... I am still putting out a negative intention, a negative action, something that will interrupt that person's free will to an extent against that person. But my goal is to bypass that person, put a stop to what they're doing and make good for everyone else. So it is a little bit more complicated than, than, you know, light magic, good, hex, bad, <laughs> because we kind of intersect it all the time. And to say, a witch that can't hex, can't heal it means that you have to understand the duality of it and you have to accept the duality of it to be a well-rounded person and to have like the full power of your magic understood and to have it in practice. You, you can't just say, I only stay on this side of it because you may, even if it's not your intention to harm anyone else, you may still be stepping into it because you're trying to help one person, not to no two people are going to have the same reaction to something. So it is part of the ethical debate of being a witch. It's part of the moral debate of being a witch. And then we also talk about, you know, the, the rule of it being threefold. So whatever I put out into the universe is going to come back to me three times. 
again, if I put out something that I believe is good, but it had negative repercussions for someone else, then, you know, what am I really going to get back? And you can put out something that you have the best intentions in and you really mean as good. But if you're not experienced enough, if you're not saying exactly specifically what you want that spell or that ritual to enact and what you want the result to be, it can still have a bunch of negative repercussions. Um, I feel like I talk about this a lot, <laughs> but you know, uh, in the TV show, that's so Raven, she would have her psychic vision and then she would, and it would be like a bad outcome that she didn't want. So then she would start doing all of these different things to try to offset the vision she had. But in the process of doing all of those things, trying to offset it, she ended up with the things she didn't want. That's how spells can work too. We, if we are not so specific and we're not so kind of honed and skilled with what we're doing, it can go haywire, you know, and then it can, it can kind of turn into a hex or a curse or a jinx or like whatever we want to, we want to call it. It goes back to the thing of too much of a good thing. Again, you know, like, for example, <laughs> I think I shared this in the love episode, but you know what, one more time, when I was a novice, like just getting back into my witch swing of things when I was about 30, um, doing my candle magic, I sent out a spell that was a love spell that honestly would have worked against someone else's free will, not in like a, a dark non-consenty way. I want to even stop saying dark because I don't want to give like the emphasis that darkness is bad. Necessarily darkness is just a thing that exists. But um, I was really into this person. They had ghosted me. I guess we see a pattern here. <laughs> you know, if you can't drag yourself, what are you going to do? Life is too short to take yourself seriously. Um, but I was really, really, yeah, I talked about this in the episode. I was really into this person. So I got my love candle and I did my magic. And because I didn't, I thought I had directed it well, but because I didn't quite know what the hell I was doing yet, uh, it bounced off that person into someone <laughs> that I didn't intend it for. And honestly, I think it has just worn off. So that was two years ago. Yeah, almost two years ago this time. And it's just worn off. And because I thought I was doing for something for myself, that was what I wanted. And I thought it would be a positive, beautiful, amazing for myself because that's the way I felt about this person. But for that person, I was ultimately, you know, putting something bad on them. Well, not putting something bad on them, but I was trying to work against what they wanted. I was trying to force my way into their romantic life, which is like, the worst, but I was being so selfish and I was being so blind to that moment by what I wanted. I didn't consider what that spell would be for them. So for me, it was like a light, beautiful love spell. And for them, it could have been the curse of being bothered by someone that you, you know, have decided that you don't want in your life, which is like the worst <laughs> when you decide you're done with someone and they won't leave you alone. It's the worst. It's literally the worst. And so like looking back on it now, even though I'm only two years removed from it, I've grown so much as a witch because that was like the beginning of my witch journey again that I was I would never do that. I would never try to do a love spell on someone to make them want me or make them love me because not only does it go against what they want, but it goes, it, it's trying to interfere with the journey and the path that they're on. And you just don't want that. You want the person that's meant in your path and you want to stay on your path, not interrupt someone else's because your brain in that moment is saying, but I really like this person, you know? And so because that person wasn't open to receiving it and, you know, we can only do so much. And because that person wasn't open to receiving it, which they had already made clear 
it bounced right on over to someone who was. And then I had to deal with that for a really long time. And again, two years later, it has finally worn off. So to me, and it's kind of, you know, kind of a certain school of thought is that it's impossible to not harm someone in any way. Like, yeah, ultimately we're, we're bad witches, but we're good witches and we don't want to cause harm to someone. We're not going to set out to do the hexing and the jinxing and the cursing that we covered and kind of defined a little bit earlier to make ourselves aware of them. Hopefully we're not setting out to do that and, you know, wanting to attach negativity to someone or curse their entire line of DNA, <laughs> a little extreme, but in doing good, there is the possibility of doing bad. And we have to be aware of that. So it's a wonderful sentiment to say, you know, do no harm. But we can't avoid doing harm at all times in everything we're ever going to do, whether it be in our witch life or in our real life. You know, if I, um, I don't know why I'm talking about relationships so much because I, so not even in my mind right now, but I guess in this moment it is. But say I have two people that are interested in me and I have to pick one of them. And to me, it's a wonderful thing because I'm going with what's in my heart and what makes me happy. That other person is going to feel the harm of that. They're going to feel the negativity of that. My choice was good for me, but it wasn't good for them. So I'm giving all these examples because I want to make it, you know, as clear as possible. <laughs> trying to explain something in an hour in 30 minutes or less when we get talking about the hexing part. But yeah. You have to be aware that a witch that can't hex can't heal because there is a totality to it. We have to be aware of all the things that we're capable of. We have to be aware of all the things that are available to us. And so going back to putting out things um, uh, times three, and we're returning to you times three, the thing I really liked and what I, this article I'm going to share is that that is something that's kind of put on us to scare us away from our practice to be like, oh, be wary of what you put out because it'll come back to you. Only do certain things that are appropriate or certain things that other people will approve of. But if we put that restriction on ourselves, then we're limiting ourselves. And we talked so much, was it in last week's episode or week before, where we talked about how we are limiting ourselves in a limitless space. And so why do we put any constrictions or restrictions on ourselves? We're the ones doing it. It's not witchcraft that's putting it on us. It's not the universe that's putting it on us. It's putting us on ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean that I still don't believe in it, but it means that the more aware you are of how it can go either way, the more you are aware of the duality, the more you're aware of the balance and trying to strike that balance, the better it's going to go overall and the better that's going to return to you overall. Again, I think if you maliciously are like, oh, I hope this person leaves their wife because I like them, then yeah, you're, your shit's going to get messed up. <laughs> It, that doesn't, you know what, you just can't be nasty and not expect some nastiness to come back to you. But if you're putting out, you know, I, I want this person to lose uh, their position because they're doing a harm, they're doing harm to a lot of people. That can technically, yeah, be considered like a hex, but it doesn't mean that you're putting it out because you're interested in harming. You're interested in harm. Your motivation isn't harm and, um, agony and, you know, and hate and hurting someone. It's that you're doing it in the space of trying to help a bunch of people in that place. So what's going to come back to you won't necessarily be what you've targeted towards that one person, but it may be all of the good that you're trying to enact for all those other people that are weaker and need the help. 
makes sense. <laughs> I really hope so. It's a really good article. It talks about the origins of the word hex and how it means witch in German and hexen means to practice witchcraft. So really, if you're saying that phrase, you're saying a witch that can't witch can't heal. And it talks a little bit about how there's a stereotype of witches and the evilness and the, malevol the malevolence of it that comes in from the patriarchy and from misogyny that has affected us for centuries, if not millennia, and how witchcraft has gotten that bad branding. And so kind of hexing is an offshoot of that, that it's all been seen as negative. And so the word hex does carry that negativity as well, the connotation of it. But I'm going to link it so you can get it full force. I just wanted to bring it up because there are times where I think that it's okay to punish someone if it results in a positive benefit for the greater good. But me believing that has also had me questioning, well, but how can I ethically believe that if it means I'm going to cause one person harm? You know, it's like, it's, it's no straight arrow somewhere. It's, it's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You kind of just have to make the best decision for yourself. But we can't be so afraid of our own power and we can't be so afraid of the connotations of quote unquote black magic, which I don't like <laughs> because it does limit us as witches. I hope that all makes sense. You know, I'm always trying my damnedest to explain things on here, but uh, yeah, read the full article and let's talk about it. Tell me your interpretations of it, what you went in already kind of knowing about or what you learned from it, because it really is more comprehensive than I'm explaining right now, but it was such a excellent viewpoint and it was so thorough that I would just be remiss to not bring it up in this episode because we are talking about all this stuff, you know, we're trying to learn everything we can. And the more we learn about what we're capable of and what the outcome of our magic can be, regardless of what our intentions are or what we think we're doing for ourselves or for another person that we think is serving a good, and the more we learn and are aware of what other people are capable of, the more we're able to protect ourselves. And that's important as a witch. You know, we, like I said, I'm pretty sure somebody came for my wig in March. And that's why my trip went so cuckoo. And I, I think that because we are so sensitive, we are aware of when people have targeted us, whether they contain any kind of magic or not. You can just feel the vibes, man. You know what I mean? So it is really important that we know what's out there. We are aware of the different kinds of things people can throw away and what we're able to throw at ourselves. Because at the end of the day, what do we want more than to just like do our practice, have a good life, mind our business and not worry about people throwing some bullshit at us, honestly. <laughs> Which speaking of, let's get to our lovely, protective, gorgeous crystal of the week. And then we will say goodbye until next Wednesday. Also, I hope no one like clicked on this episode and was like, oh my God, finally, Mickey's going to teach us how to hex people. <laughs> because no, I, I'm not going to teach you how to hex people because I do believe in the rule times three still. I believe that threefold is coming back on that ass if you do anything too nasty or negative. So if you clicked on this, you were like, yes, yes, yes. I'm finally going to get my boss. <laughs> no, sorry. This is not episode. This was more about awareness and more about a discovery of our magic as witches. So anyway, back to our crystal of the week, which happens to be, of course, one of my favorites. Aren't they all? It is our lovely, shining, silvery hematite. I reckon 
that a lot of you already have a piece of hematite jewelry because when you go into a lot of witch stores, metaphysical stores, you will see them in rings. And that's why I wanted to do it this week because it's something that you can really wear on your person. You know, a lot of times I'll go and buy crystals and I'll have to have them fashioned into something, whether it's, I usually I'll get like a wire wrap necklace, necklace. <laughs> been talking too long. Usually I'll get a wire wrapped necklace made out of them so I can keep it next to my heart. But I really love that you can always kind of find a hematite ring around or at least a bracelet. And it really does create like this protective force field around your aura that is impenetrable. Ain't nothing getting up in there. It's also a root chakra stone. So it helps you stay grounded and it helps to expel anxiety and negativity and fear which is really important because, you know, when we're talking about jinxes, we're saying that it's something that gets into your subconscious and latches onto you. So it's going to protect you because it's going to dissolve that stuff away and it won't have any of those anxieties to cling onto. We always talk about fear breeds fear, anxiety brings anxiety, and any kind of negative intention or force is just going to mm, just eat it up. They just love it so much. <laughs> it's like if I just had unlimited access to bowls of cereal, which is my favorite thing to eat at midnight or one in the morning, that bowls of cereal to me is fear and anxiety to any kind of negative intention or entity or whatever. They're, they love it. They want to eat it standing up in their kitchen next to the refrigerator. It's their favorite snack ever. So having something that dissolves that away, that dispels that, and something that you can really not have to think about, oh, put it in my bra, put it in my pocket, but, you know, slip it on your finger, and there it is. And it's kind of always actively working for you, especially for me. I'm someone that will sleep in my jewelry until, oh, I just had another uh, memory flood back to me. I had a hematite ring that I got in Houston, Texas on like a choir trip. L listen, I was very cool in high school. <laughs> I was very cool. I was in choir. I had a little outfit with a bow tie I had to wear. Don't be too jealous, <laughs> you guys. I know, you baddies. But I just remembered I had one that I got. I was just drawn to it again. This was like not really knowing strictly what it is, but I was into it at that point. And I wore it until it broke on either side of my finger and fell apart one night. So yeah, when you, we talked about this before, but when crystals or other tools that you have will shatter, it means that it has kind of absorbed everything it can absorb and served its purpose and it's ready to kind of retire from taking on all your stuff. So yeah, I had a hematite ring and thank you Mercury Retrograde for yet another memory, <laughs> but I had a ring, it cracked on both sides and fell apart in like perfect halves. So clearly that means it's time for me to get a new one. But um, yeah, so it dissolves anxiety, fear, negative energy, and what's really wonderful about it, because it creates the shield around you and protects you so much, it also keeps other people's negativity from infiltrating you. So that can be just someone's bad mood, it can be someone's bad attitude, or it can be something that someone is directly directing at you. So it's just... It's just good for keeping it tight, keeping it locked down, and not letting anything in that you're not ready to welcome or ever wanting to welcome. Just because someone is sending something our way doesn't mean that we ever have to accept it into our lives, into our hearts. So yeah, hematite is our protective stone of the week to keep those hexes and curses and jinxes and negativity and blah the hell away from us. Because if we don't want it, we shouldn't have to have it. And it's also... Something good to have on when you are doing your own healing, you are doing all your own positive magic, that can still have repercussions for people that aren't necessarily part of your negative intentions, as we've talked about, because it's just going to dissolve and dispel negativity as much as possible. So go out, treat yourself, get a hematite ring, 
they always fit my fingers and I have huge monster hands because I am very tall. I'm a giantess, if you will, <laughs> which and a giantess, if you will. Um, but yeah, go out, get one. They're always like, oh, so cool to the touch. And they're so shiny and polished and a beautiful silver to slate color. So it's not just, uh, hey, Instagram, Mickey, stepping in for a second. It's not just a protective stone. It's not just something to protect you from hexes and nastiness. But it's also a pretty good fashion statement. It's minimalist. It's unisex. We stand a hematite ring in this house. All right, my baddies. We are done for the week. I can't believe it. We are under an hour and a half. <laughs> that is the first time that has happened in a very long time. So again, your homework is to somehow watch The Covenant. Listen, if you can't watch it, just like watch the trailer or read the synopsis on Wikipedia because I did that before I started the episode to be like, oh, what the hell happened in that movie? I know it was like four or five hot guys and like their eyes would go black and like there was one old person or something. <laughs> Remember when I said I have a really bad memory unless memories just come flooding back to me all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, even if you just read that, try to partake in the covenant a little bit because I want, especially we just talked about something that has a lot of concepts of morality and ethics in it. And we talked about something that's kind of heavy, not kind of heavy. It can be very heavy. And, you know, in fact, I'm going to be honest, I have a little bit of a headache right now. And I think it's because we were talking about curses and hexes and all of those things. And it does breed a little, a little bit of headache and nausea, even just to openly talk about it and openly make yourself be present in front of it. You know what I mean? So yeah, I want to just do something fun and light and funny. It's, it's not a comedy movie, but you'll laugh at it for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll laugh at it. for. I've been watching this show, Euphoria, on HBO. And I actually went from, like, being a hater to being like, this. I love this show. I can't wait for it to come on. <laughs> but um, I definitely laugh at moments in it that aren't meant to be funny. So if you want to talk about Euphoria, too, hit your girl up with an email. Um, yeah, we took on something heavy this week. Definitely, even though, obviously, I haven't we haven't like welcome hexes in and curses in just because it's a discussion that we decided to have. Definitely do a little extra self-care after this episode. Get your sea salt baths and get your smudging going. Um, there are two smudging charts that were just posted in the Bad Witch Facebook group. One was how to make your own bundle and one was um, what to use for, uh, for what outcome. So yeah, if you're in the Facebook group, check that out. If you want to join the Facebook group, again, the answer is the craft. Maybe I should like switch up and make it the covenant this week. No, that's not fair. It's <laughs> not fair. It'll just stay the craft. But enjoy your light homework. It really is a fun movie. And it's fun to see how, I mean, it, I, it is funny just because, you know, it's kind of cheesy in places. But it's also funny just as a witch, we can be like, that's, that's not how it works. That's not what happens. <laughs> so it is kind of interesting to see the take that is put out there that we as real witches know isn't necessarily always the case. So do your homework, watch the movie, get a good butter popcorn situation if that's what you like. Get a good like gum, sour patch kid, gummy worm situation, a large diet coke. Sneak in some wine. I mean, sneak in. You're not going to movie theaters. The movie came out in like 2006. <laughs> but, you know, get get a nice glass of wine. Enjoy yourselves. Y'all been doing such tremendous work. We are now 26 episodes complete. You have had so much homework. You've had so many crystals to learn. You've had so 
many different topics that we've covered and I am proud of you and I want y'all to just have fun this week and enjoy being a witch and enjoy watching something kind of fun and silly and uh, super dramatic <laughs> because we deserved it and treat yourself with a hematite ring. Keep yourself protected always. I don't want any of my sweet baby baddies to get hexed and um, I will say if someone comes for you and tries to hex you or put some negative energy on you, I will step in and take care of that because no one messes with my baddies. All right, my loves. Um, write to me, thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com. We have had, we, I'm the only person checking the email, <laughs> but I've had a ton of emails this week. I don't know, some weeks it'll be quiet and then the next week it'll be a ton of people. I love talking to you. Tell me your life story. I will read every word, I promise. I will probably tell you something embarrassing about me in return <laughs> about my witch journey. So don't be shy. Um, patreon.com slash bad witch. If you want reading shout outs, they're only a dollar readings. Uh, yes, no readings like short answer readings are five. Let some of those anxieties go. Cause I can tell you what the angels have in store for you. Full readings, bonus episodes, all that fun stuff. And Facebook group. It's linked below. Click on it. The craft is the answer or you can search bad witch. If you see the logo for this podcast come up, you have found yourself at the right place. Okay. I love you all. Take care of yourselves. Protect yourselves. Be careful with what you put out there because, you know, stuff might come back you're not ready for. You might get too much of a good thing. Let me be your cautionary tale. Okay, until next week, my loves. Um, Is anything coming up right now? Oh, it's still Mercury and Retrograde. Okay, so until next week, take care of yourself. Double check all your contracts. Try not to go on any trips. Uh, but be optimistic. Be cautiously optimistic about it. And we're all going to be okay. And we'll survive it in there three weeks from now. We'll be like, that wasn't even that bad. Okay, I love you all. I will talk to you next week. Blessed be and goodbye.